Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 694. And in today's episode, which is usually an Ask God session, well, it's going to be answering a lot of questions because, well, I'm sitting here in the lake house for the very first time recording an episode. Actually, the second time. I take that back. I did one uh, before on the laptop, but this time we are going to do another one here, giving our thoughts and really the highlights from a recent meeting that we did with our inner circle and a lot of really great, successful business entrepreneurs. And I'm sitting here with the TAS team. I've got Chris Schaefer. I've got Angel and Joel Bauer. And uh, we are going to rock this session out. Right, guys? There'll be some serious rocking. Get that mic up a little bit closer. There's some serious rocking. (laughs) All right, easy. Not that close. (laughs) Mr. Schaefer, how's it going? It's going good, man. I could use a nap, but other than that, I'm pretty good. We're, we're just sitting here taking action, so that's all the uh, that's all the sleep that I need. Just this is true. You were eating some something over there that didn't look uh, that um, that oh, good to me. Delicious. Yeah, it was delicious. Your standard green pudding. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. It was green naturally. It wasn't moldy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna get to it here. We could uh, sit here and uh, and have fun all day long, which we are. But uh, yeah, we just wrapped up, and I wanted to take this time to go through our thoughts. And I like to do this. I mean, we do this anyway after kind of we get done and we've had a, you know, a chance to hang out with some, some amazing people, but also work through their businesses. And, you know, there's always these, these different situations or these, you know, business, I guess, moves, as you would call them, or what to do next. And I kind of wanted to go through that and kind of go around and, and see kind of what stood out to you. I know there's a whole bunch. Um, but, uh, let's kind of dig in like, so, and again, we have people that are, you know, selling on just one channel. We have people that are starting to go off channel. Uh, you know, so there's a, there's a a lot of different, um, levels here, uh, but really all of them are up and running. So we're not talking like, Oh, I got to go find my product. You know, it's not that level, uh, but they still are trying to grow their business and future-proof their business. So, Joel, I'm going to kick it off with you. Excellent. So, <laughs> <laughs> that is all. No. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Yeah. So, the, I guess the thing that I saw that I found really interesting, and uh, you brought up uh, many times, Scott, is like, we underestimate our ability or what the value of what our skills are. So, if you've launched an Amazon business and... Whoa, 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 whoa. Amazon business. That's oh, I, I'm sorry. Yes, we we got massive that. faux pas. <laughs> if you've launched a business, not an Amazon, but an e-commerce one, there we or go. Even more, or maybe they did <laughs> launch in in the initial stages. They were trying to build an Amazon business, yeah. right? And I just more is the the skill right. that that takes, and in a successful e-commerce business, launching in multiple channels is important, even yes. Amazon. And so, but we look at that skill, and we are always considering like well, you know, it's valuable to me and maybe it's only valuable for this business and like, but what really can I do with that? And the thing that kept coming up is like, it's huge for someone who doesn't know how to do it. Hmm. Not that you were like going to run around and like, oh, I'm going to help all these people get into e-commerce businesses and I'm going to help them launch on Amazon for the first time. It's more of like, there's things in your business that you need. There are people that have audiences you know, we talk a lot about that for building the brand, an audience, a market that has a need that you can serve, that your products probably already serve. And you go, okay, well, yeah, that's really nice, but how do I get those people? I know how to do this thing, but I don't know how to build an audience. I don't know how to start a blog. 
there's people that have already done it and have mm. zero products. Mm. The skill that you have to be able to bring that to them could make a really awesome payday for you and someone's audience and start to grow that in a way where very quickly you don't have to wait the you know years and consistency. We, we want to do that for the security of our business, but if you could find an influencer that already is talking to the market that you want because you've identified them and you know that's where you want to go, then it's really easy to go start reaching out to them, talk to them, see what they think they need, and add an additional revenue stream to them that they didn't even think about, and you both win. Chris has got his hand up. Oh, I was just pointing at Joel and <laughs> laughing. No, I, I think you bring up a really interesting point. And Scott, this is something you and I have been talking about for a while, and it really kind of came to a head in uh, in May down at Seller Summit. Um he just I, Scott's motioning with his hands, and I'm very confused. No, I was just, uh, I was just trying to, yeah, I was trying to lead you in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really came to a head in uh, in Seller Summit because you know we were looking at what's been going on. You and I have been talking about building a future-proof brand for quite a while, right? And what's really happening is the hybridization of of the two things that people have been doing online. And I know that's kind of a big word, so I'm going to explain that here because Scott is just looking at me confused. Scott, hybridization is when you take two things and you combine them. Uh, like a hybrid car is electric and gas. Okay. so <laughs> I'm going to need more. <laughs> so when the, the two kind of business models that have worked for a while online are really like the influencer side of the world. Influencer is kind of a new term, right? If you've been around for a while, they're a blogger, right? They're people who have a website, who have people who come to their site regularly, who, you know, we lovingly refer to those people as raving fans, right? They might find them through Google or Bing or Facebook or whatever, but then they really start to connect with that person. And the other kind of business that has been doing really well online is, you know, a lot of these e-commerce businesses, especially built, you know, around the Amazon ecosystem. And one of the things you and I have been trying to lovingly beat into people for the last two or three years is that we need to combine those two skill sets, like Joel just said. And one of the things that I think is a real challenge for a lot of people that have the product market finding sourcing skill set, right? The thing that makes people really successful inside of the Amazon ecosystem or even fairly successful if they build their own e-commerce website without the other stuff that we've been talking about, the blogging influencer, social media strategy side of stuff, is that it it's difficult for a lot of people to wrap their mind around the other skill set. And so what you just talked about, Joel, I think is something that a lot of people can wrap their minds around you should be still going out and trying to master that skill set. It's not that difficult, right? However, in the meantime, if the idea of creating a website is extremely intimidating, if the idea of writing all of this content and doing all of these things that you should be doing anyway is intimidating to you, you can shortcut that process and get a lot of similar results in terms of building resiliency in your business, future-proofing it to some extent, by going out and finding the people who are already doing that in your market as the influencer and trying to partner with them before they figure out your skill set, which is finding and sourcing the products, which is something that is coming. Yes. Okay. I, I wanted to, um, to jump in there because you're 100% right, and we've talked about this forever, but the one angle that a lot of people don't realize, like if you have launched a product, let's say you've launched a product and it failed. Okay. And I don't look at that as being a failure. 
anyway because you've learned through that process. You've learned how to select a product. You've learned how to reach out to a supplier and negotiate and get the shipping and get it landed and then get it into Amazon and then optimize a listing. And maybe it just was the wrong product or maybe it was the wrong timing for a product. Maybe it was a trend. Maybe it was a fidget spinner. I don't know, right? So maybe it was one of those things, but you learned through that process. Here's the deal. There's people out there right now. You could go to YouTube or Instagram and find someone that is just rocking that channel And all they're doing is trying to get attention so they can turn on ads, which nothing wrong with that. And then selling affiliate products or being an affiliate for a product, nothing wrong with that. But you could come in and go, you know, I really love what you do. Like you were actually looking at the lake right now. And it's kind of funny because I talk about bass fishing a lot. And so you're, you're maybe going out to that bass fisherman and yeah. And you're like, you know what? I noticed that you're really doing an awesome job and I really love what you're doing, but have you ever thought about creating your own fishing lure line? Because I can actually help you source that. We can create your own line. So anyone out there that's listening right now, like, so there's two different people I'm talking to. So one person, if you're listening right now and you're like, listen, I have tried launching a product. It didn't work for me. I'm not sure this thing works, but deep down, you know that it's probably just because you picked the wrong market or the wrong product. Start looking at that. You've already sourced a product. You can be the person that bridges the gap, all right? Now, the other person that's, that's, that's saying, okay, well, I've already got products up and running, and I sell in the, in the bass fishing uh, market already, but I'd really like to 3X my sales or maybe 10X your sales, which you can do by using the strategy. And we talked to actually a, a few individuals here this week that are in the inner circle about this strategy because it's it's doable. Like you can literally just make your top 25, your top 50, whatever, and start reaching out to those people. And I can almost guarantee you, you're going to probably reach people that have a lot of attention in a market that would consider it. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they might consider it. And you can, you can kind of go through this. So again, a little exercise for anyone listening. If you go and you find someone that's in your space, a YouTuber, or whatever, and you see that they're that they are doing videos, look and see if they're if they're linking over to Amazon. If they are, there's a pretty good chance it's an affiliate link. And if that's the case, then you know that they want to make money. So then you can say, "Hey, how about I help you source something like that or create your own product line and then you can bridge the gap." And it, even if you don't want to go that far, that I think is is one of the more powerful strategies because then you have a voice regularly. But at the very least, go out, build that list of people and say, hey, do you want to check out my thing? And then when they make a video talking about how cool your thing is, you can see what the interaction is. And then you go, hey, man, you're driving a lot of traffic over to me. You want to you wanna partner up? You want to promote it a little more regularly? You know that YouTube video you made six years ago? Let's, like, do one a month about the same thing. But I'll split it with you. And you're going to get a lot of great response from that. One of, one of the things that, that you just talked about, um, and it goes back to understanding both sides of the world, um, you said maybe it failed, right? Maybe, maybe you sourced a product and it failed because you did something wrong in the research process or you, you picked it at the height of a trend, fidget spinner, barbecue glove, whatever other thing we want to throw in here, garlic press, right? Uh, selfie stick. Um, and we actually have a, a, a TASer who... Uh, had that exact issue, right? They they struggled with 
the private label side of things initially, they had all the skills, but they, they hit basically every roadblock um, from what I remember of his story. And you can email me at support at the amazing seller and tell me that I'm telling your story wrong if I am. But this is kind of how I remember it. I mean, he came in, he started with the retail ARB side of things. He rolled that money kind of into private label and then ran into delay after delay after delay after delay and said, maybe this isn't for me. And then we talked to him again recently and he said, hey, you know what's really kind of cool? I started on the other side of stuff. And now I have this raving fan base and I'm going to go out and like put ads on it. Like you guys are talking about. And you said, um, you, you, you know, that other skill set that you bought that, that you bought <laughs> that you have, maybe, maybe put that one to use now, now that you have the traffic behind it, because now you have both sides of it. Right. And so even if you failed on the private label side, quote unquote, failed on the private label side of stuff, or you've run into some roadblocks, if you can learn this other skill set or even go out and start to work with the people who have that skill set, it sets you up for substantial long-term success. And I think that's, a, that's something that a lot of people need to start to wrap their minds around. The ideal business of 2020, 2025, 2050 is going to have both sides of this. But if we can start to master it, even at the most basic level, by going out to the people who are already doing it well, we set ourselves up for that success long-term. So I wanted to give just a, a few pointers. We always like to give people actual action items to carry this out. Um, and as was kind of loosely mentioned, you can go into channels um, right now. You can go into Instagram. You can go into YouTube. And you can find people that are already like talking to the audience that would want your product. And you can see what they're doing. If they're doing affiliate commissions, you know that can be a, a very slim slice of the pie and if they could bring in a product that was matched directly to what the audience needs and maybe even use some of that affiliate information they have to pick the perfect product and you help them do that that'd be great so the first is to start there and see if they're only taking a very small part of it and say hey you know i could actually help you do that and take a much larger portion home uh, the second thing that you're going to want to do is when you reach out to influencers you have to remember they are humans <laughs> they are real people and they get hit up all the time with the weakest stuff. Hey, I was just thinking about how awesome it would be if you came in and gave me something. And that's like more or less the email they get all day long. I was thinking about myself, and I thought you could help me. <laughs> and if you can just switch that around, I was like, I genuinely have checked out your stuff. I really do like what you're doing. I believe in I saw this episode that you did X. Man, I, I just... I looked at it, and you're doing such an amazing job of bringing the right attention to things that your fans need. What if we could actually work together and bring a product that would be the one you would want to design, the one you would want to bring to them? That is going to have a higher chance of opening doors because you actually had to do a little bit of work and understand who they are and always remember that they are human. And so that's where we would start that process and then let the conversation kind of unfold naturally. What are you looking for? Is there other way I can help you? And then you can always like move into it. It's not a I sent out one email, they wrote me back, and now we're sourcing a product. It is build a relationship. Know that there's something you guys can give both, both sides. But once that is all worked out, it is more valuable than most strategies I've ever seen happen in this space. Yeah, I just want to say also, like, if you think to yourself, dude, like, well, I'm ne they're never going to respond to me. Uh, one thing we talked about here was go to the channel that their least amount of followers are. Or they're posting. Or, Yeah. Yeah, or they're posting the least because a lot of times that will be the one that you can probably get a hold of them. Not always, but sometimes. And so that's just one little thing that you can do. Um, I kind of want to I want to flip this now a little bit. I'm using the same thing, right? The same strategy as far as like finding an influencer. And we had this situation with another one of our inner circle members was 
uh, he has a product that is better than a very well-known brand. Better. Okay, there's, there's data that proves it. And there's people in his space that they want to give the best product, but they just think this is the best product. So there's a couple things you can do, and this was one thing that we said to do, was create some videos showing some comparisons of maybe you don't want to call out the product directly. Maybe you do, because I do think that if you can create some type of controversy in your market, it'll stir things up. People start talking about it. Some people are going to probably throw, you know, some, uh, some arrows at you or, you know, point some or throw some stones at you because, you know, they're going to be believed that the top product is the top product. But if you back it with data and if you can, if you have a product that can do that, it's not always a bad thing because you're getting the, you know, you're getting the market to talk about it. And some people are going to agree, some people aren't, but you're going to bring awareness. But what I'm, what I'm, kind of advising anyone to do is if you have the ability to show a comparison of your product and someone else's product and then bring that to an influencer that only wants the best for the market, they could push that and not create their own product. They're just going to be an advocate for the product. So it's a good way to get in front of that influencer to show them that you are the so-called expert or the data geek or whatever on that topic or on that thing, and you've created the best product. And that's exactly what this person's going to do. And I know for a fact that he will do it because he is obsessed with the data. And he is going to be able to show reports. He's going to be able to show examples. He's going to be able to compare the two. And I can almost guarantee if he does the outreach like he will, he will get one of these top influencers that will mention it, talk about it, and that will explode the business. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to dive in and add like an example. Yeah, I, I wanted to add an example. Don't. They're very nice and that would damage it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to add kind of a, a, a real life example of this. So let's say you have a, uh, you said a, what did you say earlier? Uh, fishing lures. Yeah. I'm going with fishing, a line of fishing line. So a fishing line line. And, and it, it applies in this example, right? Because bass fishermen or trout fishermen, and again, if you guys are bass fishermen or trout fishermen, and I'm messing this up, just ignore it, but follow the example anyway, uh, really care about the amount of weight or pull that's on the fishing line, right? Because if you want to catch, and I know this is unrealistic, a 100-pound bass, right? You want to catch the Sharknado shark or whatever it is, it has to have a certain amount of, I believe the technical term is tensile strength, Right, so when it's being pulled in one direction, and all the engineers are cringing, and all the bass fishermen are throwing their things, he is correct. By the way, the guy's amazing. <laughs> I would take that as validation if you weren't smirking at me. Um, you know, they they care about how much weight can pull in one direction versus how much pull you can have the other way, right? And if you can get a fishing line that has a higher tensile strength, that's the term that we're using from now on, right? You can big, you can pull in a bigger fish with the same amount or less effort where the other line would snap. Do you think that tournament bass fishermen would want the same, you know, the the thing that catches the bigger fish or can at least support the bigger fish? It's not going to guarantee they get the bigger fish, but if they get it on the line, the line's not going to snap and they're not going to watch their trophy swim away, right? That's the thing they care about. And if you have something like that in your market, yes, if you sell a garlic press, you might not be able to compare data like that. You know, we can press 80% more garlic. That's cool, but no one really cares. Who ne- with the exception of Angel, no one needs to compress, you know, six bulbs of garlic at once. Aren't there garlic press-offs? No. 
There might be. I, I said no, but I guarantee you, if you Google it, <laughs> there is one. You know, there's there's slap fight competitions too. So who knew? Um, but the the point is, right? If you can have something like that with your product, it's very easy to go to those people and go, "Hey, man, I know you promote um, Scotty V's invisible line of fly fishing line, right? But here's the problem: if you're trying to catch a bass over sixty pounds, and I don't know if that's realistic either. That'd be a big old fish, but whatever. Uh, if you're trying to catch a sixty-plus pound bass, like the guy that just won this tournament, that line ain't gonna cut it. Here's the data that backs that up, and then here's actually what our fishing line does, and here's how it combats that. Right? Yeah, don't be embarrassed by the wrong tensile strength. <laughs> there's there's nothing worse than a weak line, um, and. Then you just go, hey, you know, it's the same price or it's 10% more, it's 20% less, but it's worth it because when you catch that 60.01 pound bass, you're going to be able to haul that in. And that little, you know, that little bit of extra weight, that one extra thing that that bass ate that day is not going to make the difference between you winning the championship and watching that trophy swim away. And so that becomes a really powerful thing because it's an emotional hook for everybody in the market, right? You're saying, look, here's the thing that you care about. Here's why you care about it. And if you care at all about the people that follow you, which influencers tend to do, I'm sure there's some people that don't, but generally speaking, they do genuinely want what's best for the people they're trying to educate, the people that are in their fan base, they're going to go, yeah, you're right. And then they're going to swap out the links for Scotty V's invisible line of fly fishing line. And they're going to put in, you know, Chris's Bassmaster 7000 uh, (laughs) fly fishing stuff, which I guess is bass fishing stuff. I I think it's important. Fish. At some point, we're going to need to hire like a consultant that helps Chris with his metaphors or his stories around bass fishing, since it's such a prevalent one. Just you know, a good hour of like really explaining the ins and outs. There was some truth to the uh, to the line, though. I think he's read something about that, and he translated. He's, he's slowly learning little. Once. No, but like it, line snapping is a problem. Yeah. And so if that's something that you have a solution to, especially if it's like weight related or whatever. That's something that bass fishermen potentially could care about. Yeah. yeah. No, I just see he's, what he's doing is learning little bits at a time. So he's getting slightly better at it, but it doesn't sound like he's an expert in that. So he can still say it. 30 pound wants. bass. That's a monster. Uh, I said 60. Oh, did 60 you say 60? 60 That's even pounds. bigger. He was more than 60. And then the first one was a hundred pound bass. That's incredible. Uh, okay. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about, okay, we're going to move on from that. So I think we can kind of all agree that you are developing a skill set no matter where you are in your business journey. For the most part, you've, number one, you've signed up yourself to become an entrepreneur. And the other thing is you've went through a process in anything that you've done up to this point. And so what you did here is you've learned something. Now you have a skill set. And because you have that skill set, you're able to then leverage that with either yourself or with other people. And the influencer play is a big one. If you're currently selling products right now and you want to get more sales and you've already optimized, you've already ran your pay-per-click to you know, you know, as many different keywords as you can, any of that stuff, you, you need to start thinking about attention. And the attention is going out there yourself and getting it, which I'm a fan of. There's also ways to go out there and leverage other people's attention and then put your product in front of them or help them build their own product line and then let them get behind you and they're going to start pushing your brand. So that's that in a nutshell. So just I hope you guys take something away from that. All right. The next spot here before we wrap up, we'll go a little bit on this. This could go long, but we're not going to do that because I'm going to control Joel on this one. Um, We are going to dive into 
really another big key, you know, part here of being successful that we all struggle with. All of us is that old mindset piece. Yeah. And that comes up a lot. We actually had uh, one of our uh, inner circle members laying down on a bench with a pillow and it was, you know, it was said to be a therapy session, which it could have been. Um, and, uh, but anyway, joking aside, uh, there's a lot of mindset piece that goes into this. And it's funny because when people generally sign up for something to, you know, like in, in this case, let's say that you signed up to be part of the inner circle, you're like, oh, I want to grow my business. So it means I want to make more money. And that's in the beginning, that's what you want. But once you get in and you start working on someone's business, you realize that it's more than that. It's the why. But then from the why, how do we actually not get overwhelmed with all of the different pieces so I can drive my business? And I'm frustrated as heck because I don't know what to focus on. There's so many different things I can focus on. Speak to that, Joel. I will do. I know Uh, you want to. One of the things that that we did in this um, inner circle mastermind that was was really cool was actually starting out with clarity about what they want. So actually having to say, like, of all the things that you could do or could make happen in your business, you start with what you really wanted, you know, because that's going to set the direction of all that other stuff. The next, and it's a very big thing that we talk about all the time at TAS, and it's knowing your why. Yeah, it's one thing to know your business why, but even knowing that why this thing you want, why do you want this thing in your business? What will it bring? Will it add more success? Will it decrease stress? Whatever it is, figuring out why that really is the thing you want in your business. Those two things set the other things. What to do. Without those two parts, yeah, you can grab anything. Like, oh, I guess Facebook ads. Oh, I guess this. I guess this. And so what we were able to do is kind of go in and say exactly what I want, what I want it, and then the one roadblock or the few roadblocks that were really like kind of knocking us off our game. And the reason that is so like important is everybody has all these things and they get they get mixed up and confused and overwhelmed. And with this method of just kind of like going, what is that next roadblock? Yeah, that's not going to be the only one before you get to the finish line or to what you totally want. But if you can hit that one, you instead of going, so people go, okay, yeah, I want that thing, and I want it for a really good reason, but I've never sold anything before. What I love to do is turn that around and go, well, that's the only thing you got to do. So if that's the only thing you have to figure out, it's the only way forward in your business right now. Or, you know, I would love to do that, but I don't know how to run Facebook ads. Well, if you really think that is the one thing blocking you from the thing that you want right now, the next very next step that is in your way, the only problem that you have to solve, you put all your focus on, that's all I have to figure out. If it's the influencers, it's like, oh man, if I could get one of these guys, that's your whole job. Like as far as your, everything else is running in for your business to keep it alive, yes. But the new thing, the only thing you have to solve is that not how to do YouTube, not how to do Instagram, not how to do Facebook ads, whatever that is, the thing that you're saying is the roadblock, the thing that's stopping you from having it, that's the only thing you have to work on. If you can do that, you can start busting through these things, and then you'll find you'll be growing, there'll be more opportunities, and suddenly you're just getting better and better at seeing the thing, turning around, taking action, making it happen in your business. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I want to add that, and I don't know if it's adding, but I'm just going to say my thoughts, is that okay, Joel? Uh, yeah, as long as it's adding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from you. Uh, yeah, so I, I see it a lot, and I see it a lot in myself. I mean, I struggle a lot, you know, with growing because you're in that uncomfortable spot, but I know that that's growth. And I've learned that over the years, but 
it doesn't always feel good. No. <laughs> right? But in the same breath, it's it's part of growth. And uh and and I think that if you're thinking to yourself right now or you're feeling overwhelmed or you're thinking is this really worth it or you know, is this the right thing I should be working on? I'm just going to tell you here flat out, it's normal. You you're going to have those thoughts. Yeah. The way to get through it is to really then maybe sit down and reevaluate and maybe reevaluate what you're working on. What is the target? If you know what the target is, then we can build assets around that to move us towards the target. Or maybe you need to pivot. And I've talked about pivot pivoting recently, and I've written written an email about it recently, and I might have even did a podcast episode. I forget. But I talk about it because it's so damn important because we all are going to pivot. And when to pivot, well, it's kind of up to you and you'll kind of know, but you, you are going to need to pivot sooner or later. And it's not that you're pivoting like to something that you always oh, put all this time in. Now it's not worth it. No, you might pivot because you sold your business for 3.5 million. Maybe that's why you're yeah, pivoting. It's a good pivot, right? It's a pretty good pivot. Um, but it's true. Uh, so I just want people to understand that you're not alone in feeling like this. And I think, uh, it was Jim in our, in our group that said, you know, being an entrepreneur can sometimes be a lonely place. Yeah. And I remember him saying that. And when, when you hear that, anyone that's an entrepreneur, they're like, mm, yeah, I know yeah, that feeling. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know that feeling, <laughs> you know, and it's true. Um, and that's why we, we do try to get, you know, these groups together. And if you have the opportunity to create a group of your own, or join one that's the right fit for you. And not every group is the same. Trust me, I've been there. I've done it. We've tested them. Um, we've all been in different ones. Um, you have to find the right one. But in the beginning, if it's just finding the right three people to hang around with on a monthly basis or a weekly basis or whatever it is for you, it's really important because you you need that, that reassurance that you're not alone. And also being able to talk to people that you don't have to explain exactly what it is you do. What do you mean you do? You, you sell products online? What does that mean? E-commerce, what does that mean? Uh, you know, oh, well, that's on Amazon. Amazon lets you sell products? Like, <laughs> you know, if, versus going there and just being able to jump right in. Um, it's refreshing. It's also, I guess, motivating in a sense. And uh, it, it allows you to continue to, uh, to move forward. And I think we all need that. It makes you feel a little less crazy. Yeah, because when like every conversation, you feel like I have to explain that, I have to explain that, and then suddenly this person goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, did you try this?" You're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. It's just really nice. It's really yeah. reassuring because there is so much doubt in our own head, and then you add that to people who don't understand what we're doing. And it's like, "Oh, you're the Amazon thing." Well, what if that fails? Yeah. What if that goes horribly wrong? And it's like, well, yeah. What if your job? What if you get fired tomorrow? Like, yeah. you know, we we all have that in it, but it just seems like from most people's standpoint, that's too risky and it's crazy and why would you do it? And, you know, and so it's, it's really tough until you get the other person that lives that same life and they go, oh, I know why. Mm. There, there's no way in hell I'm having a job. <laughs> you know, that's like crazy. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really amazing and it helps to just encourage you to keep moving forward and take the action when everyone else is telling you no just to, to, to charge through. And you kind of hit a piece and I just want to cover because it, it's so important. Everybody that where I see suffering in entrepreneurs is not because they took an action and they didn't like the outcome. It's the back and forth in their mind before they take an action. Mm. The thing that stalls, should I, should I not, should I? One of the things that's really cool in most actions is you take it, like in most things we do in the business, you take the action, something happens, and you either know that's the way you want to go or you don't. If you <laughs> don't take that action, you're always wondering 
And even worse, sometimes many years later, wondering what if I took that opportunity and I didn't. Mm. And that's a that's a tough place. But action in most cases, there's there's some ones where the risk might be a little high, and I always want to check that myself. But for most things, like should I run Facebook ads? Do it. Take the action. Get full in and go. No, that's never where I want to go. I need someone <laughs> to help me with this. Right. But at least do it so you're not going. Oh, I should do that. I should do that. How many times have we talked to someone for years and the same things are coming out of their mouth? Oh, I know I should do that. Oh, I know I should build that list. Oh, I know I should really try that. Oh, no, I should run a contest. Oh, yeah, I should email my list that I already built that has 60,000 people and most people don't have a thousand or a hundred or 50. Right. <laughs> but I have 60,000 and I haven't talked to them in a year. Are you trying to make me flip a page? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let, let, let's wrap this up. Chris, what's your thoughts on any of what we just discussed? I think the the mindset thing is is extremely important, and you guys touched on something that uh, that I think is really key. And it's you know I forget who said it to us recently, Scott, but they said uh, you know one of the things that's beautiful about like the the way that we can be entrepreneurs in the twenty first century is that we can work from anywhere. The problem with working from anywhere is we tend to work you know from home. Maybe that's the beach, but we work by ourselves. And we completely cut ourselves off from anybody who has any understanding of anything that we're doing because we can work from anywhere and we're not in an office environment where everybody at least, at least I hope, good God, that everybody at least has an understanding of what the company that we mutually work for does, right? And so there's some some level of shared experience. When you are an entrepreneur, when you are starting your own business, when you're running your own business, it can be really lonely because even other entrepreneurs don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of what you're going through. Yes, they understand the crazy roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur. They may be able to help you with some of the emotional things, but they don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of your specific situation. And I think that's where having a really close-knit group of people, for lack of a better term, a, a family of people that you can fall back on that do understand you and don't think you're insane, or maybe a little bit, but that's okay, uh, you know, that, that aren't necessarily your wife or your husband who goes, I swear to God, if he talks to me about that e-commerce thing one more time, I'm going to scream, right? Because they don't, they don't have the shared experience is one of the most powerful things that you can do to grow your business. And any time that you have the opportunity to take advantage of a group of like-minded people, you should be doing it. Whether it's the inner circle, whether it's 10 people in your town that also happen to have e-commerce businesses that you can find, or whether you have to drive an hour or two to go to a, uh, a TAS on official meetup just to meet some people, whatever that is, take advantage of it and you will see growth, whether it's a little intangible and, and more personal, or maybe you pick up a tactic or a strategy that you had never thought of before and you actually go home and do the thing you got to do and implement that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think this was great. Uh, I would say that uh, if you want to hang out with those types of people, you could probably head to an event in September. Yeah, it's a pretty good one, I hear. Is it? Where, where is that at again? That is going to be in Fort Worth, Texas, if I recall. Yeah, <laughs> September 18th through the 20th. That would be it. Brand Accelerator, Accelerator Live. Live. Yes. <laughs> so if you guys want to grab a ticket, head over to brandacceleratorlive.com. Depending on when you're listening to this, there may be tickets still available. Maybe not. And if there's not, there will be a wait list. So head on over there if you haven't grabbed yours and grab one because you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. Yes. Because <laughs> Nailed it, Chris. You didn't, you didn't see it, but I actually held the mic up to his because he knew what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I've been using that word a lot lately. I like that word. It's a very good word. Yeah. Epic. 
So we Feels will continue good. to use it for a while until I get tired of it. Right, Chris? Until I find it better. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, that is going to wrap it up. Hopefully, you've gotten something valuable or at least allowed you to start thinking about influencers, about growing your business, about taking your skill set that you're building and that you're learning and you're growing and putting it to use and understanding that you really do have a ton of opportunity out there. And, uh, and then really understanding also that your mindset is so, so critical and the people that you surround yourself is another core piece to really being able to take yourself and your business to the next level. So again, hopefully this has helped you. Again, one last time, brandacceleratorlive.com. We are super excited about it, and we would really love to hang out with you. If you're available, if you're free, head on over to brandacceleratorlive.com. Grab that ticket. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. You guys ready? Yes. That was not, that was not. I am ready, Scott. All right. Ready. (laughs) Oh, I was born ready. All right, here we go. Guys, remember, on the count of three. No, no, not on the count of three. Guys, remember, as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. On the count of three, one, two, three. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. It's pretty good in for the uh, for the record here after the show that uh, there are such thing as 60 pound bass uh, the the largest bass on I thought, record I thought it was a was, 22 pound no 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 that's a large mouth bass so apparently a kid in North Carolina right up the street from where we're sitting right now uh, in 2012 <laughs> caught a 66 pound one ounce bass which is only the second largest bass ever caught uh, somebody in Los Banos California there was my terrible Spanish accent Los right Banos caught a 67 pound eight ounce bass that's a big old fish wow that's that's a great fact it is yes so there you go guys if you were listening to the end you just got an amazing fact your bonus made up bass size is a real problem wow chris really knows what he's talking about no